When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, this is Eric Braden. You're listening to TV Confidential. <laughs> Ed Robertson with a reminder that Kat Kramer will join us later on in the hour. We hope you stay tuned for that. In the meantime, we will open up our second hour by playing part two of a conversation that began on our last program with actress, teacher, and monologue is Veronica Red. Veronica Red, Mamie Johnson on The Young and The Restless, and an actress whose many appearances on network television include Once a Friend, Once a Friend, the groundbreaking episode of The Jeffersons that marked one of the very first portrayals of a transgender person on network television. You can follow Veronica Red on her Facebook fan page. You'll recall on our last program, we mentioned that Veronica's appearance in Once a Friend was her very first acting appearance in Hollywood after a very successful career as a stage actress in New York and how her appearance on The Jeffersons provided a springboard for many other TV appearances on network television, including many other shows produced by Norman Lear and MTM Productions, including three episodes of Lou Grant. As we pick up the conversation, we're talking to Veronica about the vital role that casting directors had in her life and career when she moved out from New York to Los Angeles. Although it also says a lot about the casting people on that show, and here we're talking about Lou Grant in particular, in that... They would bring you back to play a totally different character, not a variation of the character you may have played on your first episode. They would bring you back to play a totally different character because they knew that you could do more than one type of character. Yes, and I will say honestly that it was casting directors. This a part you, you made a minute ago. Thank you. It's so bright of you to say that. It was casting directors that kept me working. Mm-hmm. I was, de- I was dependable, and they knew that. And I didn't quite understand at the time that they would always talk to each other or if there was an uh, emergency, they might be communicating with each other. I need this, or I need that. Who would you call or something like that? And I was often called to that studio, can you be here 15 minutes ago? And I guess my first audition uh, I thought that I was going to be playing a more conservative character. And then once I got into the room is when I found out that I was playing a character that was not like myself, mm-hmm. who was not uh, as fortunate as was I uh, financially. And I had to, in the middle of the audition, while I was auditioning, I just started changing my attire, shifting it around, and I made that transformation while I was actually learning, oh, this is, this, this is not a, a, a bank officer. This is the person who lives in um, you know, economically struggling environment. And I needed to adapt, and I did it right before her eyes. And I can remember her mouth kind of being a bit agape mm-hmm. when, the, when, the scene, when we finished the scene. But I think I got her that moment. 
I cannot remember that casting director's name. Was that Meryl O'Loughlin? Yes, it was. Yes. Meryl saved my life <laughs> so many times. When I was desperate, because I did not have, uh, I was an orphan early in my life. Uh, I had an early marriage that ended very early, uh, like many young people who were trying to uh, avoid the draft. Uh, a lot of young people got married because that was one of the things that would help you from being drafted. So I had an early marriage that also ended in an early divorce. And um, I really needed to work or I could not live. I could not pay my rent. I couldn't eat or anything. And I remember when I would get too desperate, I would call Merrill and say, I need to come and talk to you. And she would make room, maybe at lunchtime, she might be eating her lunch or something like that. And I would just go and say, you got to find something for me, Merrill. How am I going to pay my rent this month? And it really was that first audition. Isn't that amazing that here, all these years later, because you're so erudite about this industry, that I should have this insight. Wow. You're very impressive, Ed. Very. Well... I uh, thank you. <laughs> you are. No, you are. I mean, uh, you you shook up the memories that I had long forgotten and I can see now why I worked as much as mm -hmm. I did. And it was again first impression for everything. Yes, and oh. and one thing we talk about a point we return to many times on this program is television like a lot of industries, but particularly the entertainment industry, is about relationships, and uh, and especially for a working actor. And you mentioned the, how important it was to make impressions with casting people, because in many respects they were the lifeline, you know, and um, they they were the thread that enabled you to work as often as you did because they knew what you can do and they knew you were reliable. Was it a I hope in this lifetime that I'll be able to have a really bonded relationship with a with an agent or representative, a manager, or someone. But I spent much of my career without a, a, a signed contract with an agent. Well, that, look, there, there are advantages and disadvantages to working, you know, to, to having formal representation. But one advantage, and I've as a freelance writer. I've worked with agents. I found I found work through agents and I have found work independently. There are pros and cons. One of the biggest pros, and I think you would agree with this, Veronica, is when you are your own person. Yeah. You you maintain control of what you yeah. do and the and the parts you consider and the parts you decide, okay, maybe that's not for me. Yes. That's a good point. I think also one of the things I was not aware of at the time was it was much more common for men to work than women. I think it's one of the, the breakthroughs of television is the opportunities for women to work not only on camera but uh, also behind the camera. Um, and in that process, um, you find it's um, 
it's better to have relationships with many people in mm-hmm. production. Mm-hmm. Uh, oftentimes, someone might be right in that exact place to hear that something has gone awry and they need a replacement. And if that person knows you, they might drop your name or they might run to the phone and call you so that you can have whoever representing you at the time to call up. And so I, I love this idea of talking about relationships because that's more important than who represents you. Mm-hmm. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Veronica Red is on the line with us. Veronica Red, the actress, second of two actresses who played Mamie Johnson on The Young and The Restless. You can follow Veronica on her Facebook fan page. Now, was it a casting director who led you to Young and The Restless? Um, I believe so. So that particular day, I was auditioning for um, something else, and I got the, um, a call, and at that time we did not have that cell phones. I can barely remember how we, <laughs> I think it was, we had like a voice, uh, what did they call those things where messages, a uh, message service. Message service, oh. or sometimes you'd have a pager, you know. Yeah, right. Well, this is before pagers. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. I remember the pagers. Yeah. This was before pagers. Yeah, you had to check in. And most of the time in Los Angeles, I love to be at the beach. So I'd be at the beach, but I'd be at a part of the beach that was always by public phone. And every hour and a half, I might check in with my voice message uh, service. And if I had a call, then I always had something, an arsenal in my car, a different wig, a different set of clothing, mm-hmm. shoes, so that I was always ready in case I had an opportunity to audition while I was out at the beach. That might have been the plan, but wow. I have an audition, let me go. And that was very important. Let me see, now what was my point in saying all of this? We were talking about what led you to uh, take over the role of Mamie on Young yeah. and Restless. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And so I actually, that morning, I had auditioned for a movie of the week that was going to be shoot, shooting in Rome, and I nailed it. Mm-hmm. I knew I had gotten that part. I would have been shocked if I hadn't gotten it. And then after that, I had to go to, um, I had a, um, an audience <laughs> with the IRS. I'm, I'm, I'm on their radar. I'm on their radar. Yeah. And the woman who I had to meet with wanted me to justify, to prove that I had been an actor for more than 10 years. She couldn't believe it. She 
was raking me over the coals about that. And then she wanted proof. So at that time, we didn't have anything digitized. So I had called over to SAG, and I was uh, called over to AFTRA, and I was just trying to get as many people to uh, pull together actual proof that I had been working. And then I was very close to my agent's office, I believe. Yes, it was across the street in Westwood. And at lunchtime, I went over to my agent and said, I need records to show that I've been working. Can you please get that information? It was lunchtime. So she said, well, when my assistant comes back, they will. So I said, okay. So I hung around. And then when lunchtime is over, the atmosphere in that, the lobby of that agency completely changed. Everyone was Chester Cat grinning in my face and invited me back into their conference room. You know, it's always this really long table, Mm -hmm. and everybody was just super grinning at me, and no one at that agency had ever treated me so graciously. (laughs) So I remember sitting back and then saying, well, Veronica, there is an opportunity for a contract. Are you interested? Of course I was interested. (laughs) I don't want an end that constant worry about how you're going to pay your rent. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I left there, and I went over to CBS, and I met a casting director who just handed me a script, and I was really good at cold reading, and I think I owe that to my mother. Mm -hmm. Mother taught me how to keep my eyes moving ahead of my mouth. So that really helps when you need to go in cold, um, and I, so I was really good at cold reading. And I remember reading through the script, and uh, the casting director kind of fumbled with the papers, and she looked pretty excited about something. I, all I know is that within the next 24 hours, I was handed four scripts, and uh, they were opening up a department store for me because it was late at night. I had no idea what was happening. I had no, I had never had anything to move that quickly in my life. Uh, literally, I went to an audition, and the next morning, I was on the job. It was just that Hollywood miracle that happens on occasion, and it's pretty astounding, actually. Um, a, little, a little befuddling, actually, but you know how to do it. You keep putting one foot in front of the other. But I literally walked into a contract overnight. I I understand it could be difficult for an actor to join a cast midstream, which is what you did on Y&R, and assume a character that someone else had played. And, you know, all of a sudden, at least for the first couple of days on the set, you're the new kid on the block. Was the cast supportive of you? I'm guessing they were because you were on the show for five yes. years. <laughs> I, I found them, I, I think that they were. Um, I, I remember more about what, how our uh, relationships developed over a period of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly, I did that longer than I did my first week or two. <laughs> um, um, but they were. But again, this is one of those situations that uh, it's not so much about your personality as much as it is the production. Yeah. Production, at that point, I think had been running for almost 17 years. Mm-hmm. And it is like an assembly line. I mean, it's moving. And if you can't move with those parts, uh, 
you're going to be pretty much eaten up and swallowed up, and they'll just move on to someone else who can keep up. Absolutely. So I don't think anyone, I don't think anyone had any time to have any personal judgments about each other. I certainly did not. Um, it was one of those uh, situations where you know your skill set, and you definitely recognize that you are with people who are uh, not better at the skill set than you, that they are at least equal to you, and you just go in there and you're going to get that job done. You mentioned the word production. In the case of Y&R, I mean, you were, you were, sure, you were shooting hour-long episodes at the time. So, you know, yes. And five hour-long episodes a week, that's the equivalent of three movies that everybody above the line, below the line, actors, talent, everybody is working on. So, And you really are, people who work on soap operas really are the hardest-working people in the industry. Yes, 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 they are. And I did not know that. Having been, um, you know, really struggling much of my earlier career, I really often was moved. I was moving quite often. I was subletting. I was doing so many things, just trying to keep a roof over my head. Um, but um, I had never really been in a situation where I had a steady paycheck. And once I got into that show, I realized that it might be the style of daytime soap operas or um, that was what I probably was the leadest about. Once I got in there though, after two, three weeks of shooting that show, my the cred of all of those people who were working in soap opera went up oh <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, you're so right, Ed. The, the, the level of expertise that is required, of consistency, is just it's phenomenal. Phenomenal. I think I had been on, um, I was shooting com- a commercial. I had been on the show for about four years. And when I shot the commercial, the, it was a British company that came over the United States to shoot for whatever this product was. And they changed the copy on me at least Oh, six times. I was able to pick up whatever those changes were flawlessly. And that was because on daytime, let's say you don't have a major storyline, but you are a contract player, so you are going to be working several days a week. And they might give you, as a supporting storyline, you might have one line that you say over and over for about six to eight weeks. Mm-hmm. And yet, the juxtapositions of the verbs to the nouns to the adjectives Mm -hmm. is always different. And a really good showrunner is a stickler for you saying it exactly the way it was written this week, not four weeks ago. And I remember one time saying to one of my producers, it's the same line I've been saying. What difference does it make? He says, the difference is your paycheck. I started getting explicit and really clear about understanding, not just understanding, but having a true uh, grasp of sentence structure. Who knew? (laughs) You know, it was sort of like being back in school, you know. And I always loved um, 
diagramming sentences. I loved English. I loved the I, I loved the nuts and the bolts of the language, and that is what I got an opportunity to do. Here I was in my forties, and it was like being back in school, mm-hmm. and I loved it, and I benefited from it so much. Veronica Red played Mamie Johnson on The Young and the Restless uh, for a 10-year period between 1990 and 2004. Her many, many other television appearances include the groundbreaking episode of The Jeffersons' Once a Friend. You can follow Veronica Red on Facebook. Veronica, I cannot tell you how much I enjoyed this conversation. I hope we'll have a chance to have another talk one of these days on TV Confidential. Thank you so much. You made this such a wonderful time. Thank you so much, Ed. I really loved our time together today, and I'm looking forward to the future. Kat Kramer will join us when we come back on TV Confidential. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash tvconfidential, or at tvconfidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.